Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash doctrine. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. It really annoys me. I, listen, I, when I get to annoy you, it makes me no, feel good. Stop it! Come I'm on. always annoyed. But you throw me off. We're trying. And then to get you are never annoyed. You're just like in this little happy cloud. Yeah, except for when you do that. I don't know and why. Then, it just seems um, so dumb. Well, my, my name is. Uh, I'm making. I'm, so I'm making a hand gesture when I uh, when I stop the pre-roll sponsorship thing. And before I get into the welcome to die, I make this move like I'm lighting a lighter because that's the noise that precedes the introduction. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, make, I do that. But what Jimmy doesn't understand is that he makes hand gestures all the time that are offensive. I do not make and, what? And, and, and many that are that just are annoying. One of the things that Jimmy does is he takes his cigar and he holds it in his hand. <laughs> Stop, and he takes it, <laughs> and he 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 makes like an up and down motion with it, as if he's using a, a, a an instrument like a, a pick or something to pick away at ice or to, or to pick away at rocks or something. He's making like a tomahawk move. That's what he's doing. Yeah, it's a tomahawk, a tomahawk move. move. So, and he does it, and he only does it to annoy me because I, no, I saw someone do it at a cigar and you uh, know, cigar shop, and it, part of it is so you know usually when you smoke a cigar, you light it and then you. You turn it around and you blow on it to help it fan into flame, I guess, whatever you want to say. So it takes. Uh, so that's supposed to help. It helps. It's using the air. Like the, the air yeah, is Because you don't want to waste the air in your own lungs because then you'll, you'll die sooner, right? Exactly. That that's thinking? exactly it. So it's, okay. it's actually a health concern, Joe. Right. Wow. You are. Um, well, if there, if, if there was some kind of a test that you could take that would. I don't think it exists. But if there was some kind of test, I would like to give you a test that would. Give us, I don't know, some kind of uh, equation of your intelligence, let's say. Uh, I, I, I tend to think you'd probably score like a 43. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of oh, Redeemer nice. Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And a cost for me is low-scoring Jimmy Fowler. Elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Who does annoying things with the cigars. So you can't get mad at me for making a hand gesture. Yeah, it's it's, just, no, that, it's I do dumb. that because it's fun for me. That's not fun. There's, what's fun about it? Hey, man, it's like, I like that. You know, it's cool. Yeah, like that. See, I can do it right here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I've been looking for, like, we, we decided kind of on short notice, let's talk about prayer. Yeah. And um, so we're just going to we're just gonna jump into it. Yeah, but I want to hear about your week, though. Oh, you want to hear about my week? Yeah, I'm always interested in hearing how I can be praying been, for you and thinking about you. It's been a good week. I've uh, been getting a lot done, having a lot of meetings with mm-hmm. people. Um, we're getting ready. We're approaching people to come on to our... Um, Elder team, to, I mean, not elder, a deacon team to serve yeah. as deacons. I was about to say, dang, are you guys getting rid of me already? Yeah, you're not even an elder. We're bringing on more people. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, we're bringing, up, we're bringing on some more deacons and trying to improve the diaconate. Uh, so that's been good. Um, man, I, just, I tell you, there's certain things I look forward to throughout the week. You know, I look forward to my meetings with, uh, you know, the regular meetings that are scheduled. Mm-hmm. So I meet with, you know, uh, Pastor Pat or Pat, like Pastor Brian or I... Um, I uh, meet with our, our community group, and, and those meetings are always really, really good for me because uh, not only do I love these people and I like hanging out with them and we encourage each other in the Word, yeah. but also in all of those meetings we pray. And that is something that I want, something that I need. 
And uh, it really, uh, I, I consider myself very blessed because um, I am in several meetings throughout the week in which prayer is an integral part. Cool. How's your week? You know, it's been good. Kind of looking forward to, it's been a long day, and I'm looking forward to later on, uh, on Friday, I think it is, my daughter has been going to dance class. That sounds kind of worldly. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, she tries to drop it like it's hot. Okay. And, um, but no, she's like, it's like a 30 minute. It's only for like two year old kids, right? Like how long can you hold their attention span? You got to sit there and watch her fake dance for 30 minutes. Yeah, it's fun. Oh my God. It's great. It's like no, ballet. She loves it. I've done it. this. No, I've done this. But, I took my kids to ballet and all that. Yeah, but it's they, the worst. They, but they, but oh, did they the enjoy worst. it at the, at oh, the time? Oh yeah. yeah. I'm okay, not thinking well, about, I'm thinking about you. you. It was not fun for me though. Uh, it was it was fun. Oh, I enjoyed it. Gosh. She I I enjoyed uh, the joy that she got from it, and she kept turning around. She keeps turning around. She's always like, "Daddy, did you see that? Daddy, you see?" It? And it's like, "Yeah." And you're you like, did. "Hang on, sweetie, I'm I'm texting Joe." You know, every time I have my phone out, they do automatically assume they're like, "Who are you talk, Pastor Joe?" Like that's that's all they ask me. They're like, "Is that Pastor Joe? Is that Pastor Joe?" So she's got another little dance recital coming up. Another little dance at some point, yeah. yeah. Have, but it's every Friday they do a it's a class, oh, it's which a is cl- the class. It's yeah, a class. Yeah, yeah. And, the yeah. class is, is is worse than the recital, like when they actually do the performing. Though, why it is that goes worse? Every week, oh my gosh! So you need you need. I, I'm not understanding why you think it's worse. Oh, because you're stuck there, and they're you're, you're kind of you're kind of selfish. Oh yeah, yeah. Because um, you don't. You're telling me you don't. You can't just put aside. A uh, half hour to an hour, because there's no way this dance recital for a two year old is going to be more than an hour. I'd be, I'd be surprised if it was more than forty minutes. You can't put that aside. Oh, I did. Yeah, all, yeah, I do all the time. I do. Well, yeah, but you did it with your like gritting your teeth, uh, eh, gnashing, gnashing of your teeth. I mean, <laughs> I kinda, come on now, you can't like just. No, it's cool, man. It's cool. I, anytime the kid, like, what well, we, we're we're very much like the, like you in that, like. If our kids are interested in something, then we try to cultivate that mm-hmm. and give them every opportunity to go, whether it's ballet or sports. Like, I don't like sports. I never played sports. My son loves sports, wants to play every sport. We get him into everything he wants to try it out. Um, and then we get into it with them. You know, yeah. Catherine wanted to do ballet. Maddie wanted to do gymnastics. Uh, they do swimming. Like, we just, we go all in and uh, we try to encourage that. And while, you know, it may not be my thing, it becomes yeah. my thing because right. the kids are into it and you got to be a And they it. love it and they're yeah. enjoying it. So, yeah, so I look forward to that. Very cool. Not because it's, you know. Like not because you love dance. Not because I love dance, though I, though I can dance. I've seen you dance. Yeah. Um, but I, I enjoy it because my daughter really enjoys it. I, th- I bet she would have more fun if I took her. I well, should, you should let me take her. Why? No, I'm not going to have you Because I'm fun. No, because then I miss out on it. Yeah. See, that's the difference between you and me. I'll uh, I'll FaceTime. You'll FaceTime in. I'm not yeah. gonna. Fa- that's you know what. That's gonna be creepy. Then you can there I am with oh, all yeah. these little me girls. Holding up, me holding up the camera like that is not. That's, or you holding up the camera is not a good idea. No, it's not a good yeah. idea. I didn't think that. Hey through. kids, let me go ahead and record this. Are you photographing? Are you photographing my daughter? Yeah, you get from the parents. It'd be bad. Yeah, like I try to take photos and videos because you know I'm addicted, uh, and so I got to like make sure I'm positioned in such a way. That I'm only getting my kid and yeah. not anybody else's kid, you know. And the part of that's I get it. I don't, I don't want someone else taking a picture of my kid who I don't know. I don't care and throwing stuff up. Yeah, because that's just the way you are. No, it's like people are crazy overreactive about that. Like obviously, if there are creepers, they need to be put in jail and punished severely. But if um, if somebody's taking pictures and their daughter or their son is in the thing and they're photographing all the kids, that's fine. Like I'm not like, where are people freaking out about that? Come on. I'm just, it's a respect Everybody needs thing. To relax. It's a respect thing. Like even, you know, I took, uh, they had me chaperone for Cohen, uh, 
took his class to this greenhouse, this nursery here in town, over on 64, the Heinz, whatever it is, Heinz Nursery. Yeah. And uh, so they had me, like, take a photo of all the kids, you know, together. So I did, and I gave that to the teacher. Uh, but I also posted the photo, and I made sure to blur out everybody else except my kid. Part of it, too, is my kid had this really, he hated being there. I could tell. Like, he was just. Your kid's smart. My kid looked like. He knows what's It was up. like the, the, the childhood photo of a of a Netflix series, uh, the making of a murderer. Like yeah, that yeah. was the look on his face. Yeah. Was like I am going to kill everyone after this is done. Yeah, that was every childhood photo that I was in. Yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah, oh, good. great! Now I have like this fear of my kid growing up like you. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, like celebrity, celebrity pastor. Well, that's cele- pseudo. Like super published no, no, no. author, pseudo celebrity, global globetrotter, like globetrotting. Glo- uh, yeah. Yeah, that's I don't know I'm about a big that. deal, man. Maybe when you're going to put my head up on the ESV translation poster. Yeah. No, they're not. I looked at it. Yeah, they, no, have all, the, they have all the, the other death 2. row. 2.0. They've With already the, got all the other. No, they no. can't. ESV, they're not allowed to. No, no. They can't change the translation. They can change the ad. Why would they ever put you up? Oh, because, man, I'm legit now. They're going to put you up at the same Everybody. level as John Piper, oh, yeah. David Platt, yep. Kevin DeYoung, right. Trip Lee I saw on there. Who else was H.B. Charles and Joe Thorne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Though, well, hold on. I, to be fair, you have contributed to, uh, I think you, now I don't know if I'm right when I say it. I know you did the Lifeway Gospel Project stuff, but I thought you were also part of ESV Men's Devotional. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, I wrote a number of the articles in oh. that. See, dude, I know what's going yeah, on you know in your life. know what's going on. I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, they don't have to use, like, how about just, like, my beard? They could put my beard on there. Yeah, you know what? That would be a great Oh, they should Photoshop that. The, hey, just Photoshop. Somebody you... Photoshop Jimmy and I onto the ESV. Oh, Please no. do that. Photoshop <laughs> Jimmy and I onto the ESV Bible promo thing. That would be awesome. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure Crossway would love that. What are we talking about today? Uh, Let's prayer. transition. Prayer. Okay. Yeah. Transition. Uh, so we we hope you will do it. And part of that, you know, we pray that you would. And that's what we're going to be discussing today. Hey, you know, how'd you prayer. like that segue? Prayer. Why don't we discuss prayer today? We were thinking about prayer um, shortly before we recorded, and we were thought, let's just talk about prayer, you know, because um, we've got a lot of things that we've written out, like not just like we have a list of topics that we want to talk about. And, um, and we thought, and this time we just kind of mixed up the order, and we said, let's, let's talk about prayer. This is something that we love and value and struggle with, mm-hmm. and um, we think everybody can, can relate to this. So we thought, yeah, let's, uh, let, let's get into that. And I, I was curious for you, Jimmy. Is I mean, you think of the spiritual disciplines. Yeah, yeah. Is it harder for you to spend time in the Word, or is it harder for you to tem- spend time in prayer? Oh, hands down, prayer. Yeah, hands down. Because I feel like uh, with reading Scripture, it's something tangible. Uh, it's in your hand. You kind of always think of that because we push that often, right? Like, make sure you're in the Word. You know, how, what are you reading in the Word today? And we have Bible studies that are focused on that. Uh, and community groups and discipleship groups. And these are the things like you're you're focused on, you know, what right. are you getting like? What are you learning from the word of God and how is it how is it impacting you uh, in changing your life, which are good things? I'm not against that. But part of it's it's tangible. It's something I can phys- like I don't want to say that word physically, but I mean, physically hold in yeah. my hand. And so it feels like I've accomplished something. And I think yeah. that's why it's hard for me to pray. Uh, because you don't necessarily see the results as quickly as right. you would reading scripture. Because the scripture, you know, I've just read a chapter. 
or I've just read a book or I've just read a paragraph or I've just I've done my 15 minutes. Uh, but with prayer, you don't see the results of your prayers sometimes yeah. for years, if ever. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, for me, it's the same. Uh, you know, if I had to say one has been a, a bigger struggle for me than the other, it would definitely be prayer. And I have the same thought in that, you know, I spend time in the word and I can underline and I yeah. can circle and I can journal. And at the end of 10 minutes or an hour or whatever, I can see like I can. Wow. God taught me this. Yeah. And I've written these things down and I've got a word. And I it's like connections. God talks to you like that's you know, God talks to us when we read the Bible. We talk to God when we pray. Yeah. And so. A prayer can feel very one-sided yeah. in that. And yeah. it's, uh, you know, I think, for, so for me, it, I think historically it's been harder. But uh, the longer I'm a Christian, the more important I have come to believe prayer is. And, in fact, I don't think we're going to get much out of the Word. I don't think there'll be much lasting fruit if we aren't prayerfully reading the Word. Yeah, you know, what do you almost, mean by that? It, well, it's like it's almost like a, an unfair statement. What's harder, praying or reading the Word? Well, can you really pray without the Word? Because who are you, to whom are you speaking? Uh, what about God are you appealing to? Yeah. How can you adore him without the knowledge of Scripture? I, I, I mean, prayer, the Word of God has to funnel into prayer. And if you aren't prayerfully reading the Scripture, then it can easily become just a, an exercise, a, an academic exercise yeah. or a ritual. Um, and we shouldn't be able to separate the two, really. Uh, I mean, you, they, are, they are distinct, but they should be inseparable. And um, I just feel like, that is one of the areas where God keeps pressing on me. You need, you need to be a man of prayer because that is, and, and, now, and I'm convinced of this now, that that is the, um, the primary means by which we maintain intimacy with God. Mm. And not prayer just as an isolated, like I'm, I'm going to now talk to God, but a biblically saturated you know, scriptural meditation-driven prayer by which we are uh, appealing to God or, or, or approaching God. So, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, it's kind of— I know some people that say it's easier for them to pray than it is to read the Word. Hmm. You know, they, they just they feel freer, and then reading Scripture may be confusing or more daunting. You know, everybody's a little bit mm-hmm. different. But most people I know uh, have admitted to me that they struggle with prayer as well. Now, it's just part of that— well, no, I think you, you've said it. You, never mind. You've said it because it is one-sided. That's the part that I was trying to get back to um, was the results. Yeah. It seems like it seems silly. I, I feel silly sometimes, you know, and that's that's weird for me to say. I know. But I feel silly sometimes. Someone in like there's there's that doubt. Like, is someone hearing me? You know what I mean? Like, is sure. God hearing my prayers? Um, but I know, you know, that's just it. Deep down in my heart, I know it to be true. Um, but. Sometimes, you know, the enemy, I'm afflicted yeah. with, with this uncertainty yeah. um, of, of, is God hearing me? Even though, like, we, we have got, we've got the theology, yeah. so we know that God hears us, but that, yet the doubt creeps in. That's right. Uh, the confusion can creep in. And I think sometimes it's because we are so, we can be so focused on our need, which is driving our prayer, that we forget that the, the, the important part of prayer is not God answering what, uh, us and giving us the, the thing that we're asking for. The important yeah. part of prayer is drawing near to God That's right. and maintaining fellowship with him, intimacy with him, communion with him in a way that uh, strengthens our faith and reminds us of his promises and leads us into repentance. So, yeah, I, I think 
we, there's a lot of adjustments that need to be made, and, and we can talk about some of that as we're getting into this. Perfect. So, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, let's, let's, why don't we define it? All right, good. We're talking about prayer. Uh, well, if you had to just explain it to somebody in your own words, what would you say prayer is? Uh, well, I think you kind of said it. It's, it's communion with God. It is, the, uh, uh, it is the talking to, the addressing, the petitioning, the, uh, the thanking, the, uh, the glorifying of God. It's offering up our, our desires, our needs. Um, and I think ultimately it, it's a reflection of our dependence upon God. Yeah. It is pressing into God. Uh, knowing that he is able, he is hearing, and he will sustain us. Yeah, totally. I think that's really good. If I was going to just kind of come up with my own definition, um, I would say that prayer is a sincere, affectionate, Mm -hmm. pouring out of the heart or soul to God through Christ in the strength and assistance of the Holy Spirit for such things as God hath promised. I mean, wait, has, wait, has wait. promised. Oh, or on, according dude. to you the... Had, what? Uh, this, I'm coming up with this. Give me a second. Now you're interrupting you, okay. my flow. So here we go. Here we go. What? So let me get this straight. What? You throw me on the spot to define yeah, it. Yeah. And I just try to find it. And I sound turn. silly when now I do it. Now it's my turn. And now it's your turn. Yeah, and, um, and you say something like, all right, turn your computer around. What are you talking about? Turn your computer around. It's I want to see what's on, I want to see what's on your computer. John Bunyan's oh, treatise on prayer. On. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> all right. What is Bunyan? How does okay. Bunyan? Well, first of all, when I when I when I talk to my kids about prayer, the first thing I teach them is prayer is when we talk to God. Yeah, you're talking to God, but you know it's a little bit different because um, the, the difference in when you talk to God versus when you talk to mommy or daddy is that daddy never the God never tunes out. And, you know, sometimes daddy tunes out. Sometimes daddy gets distracted. Yeah. Um, God hears you perfectly, and he knows what you mean. He's never confused. He never has to go, what? What, what, is it? what did you say? Yeah. And, um, but God isn't going to talk back to you um, until you're reading the Scripture, and that's where you see the words of God. That's the voice of God there. Um, okay, so John Bunyan has this definition of prayer, and I, 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 I highly recommend that you read Bunyan's uh, Treatise on Prayer, you can find it as a Puritan paperback in the Banner of Truth series. Uh, And he says that prayer is a sincere uh, pouring out of the soul to God. Mm. Right? So, I mean, like, just, you know, consider that uh, as as we're talking about this. It is uh, a sincere, sensible, affectionate pouring out of the heart or soul to God through Christ. So, really, true prayer uh, in which we are united to God only happens through uh, the Savior, but this is in the strength and the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Uh, for and we are what are we praying for? For those things that God has promised, yeah, or according to His Word, for the good of the church, with submission and faith to the will of God. And that last part, right, with submission and faith to the will of God. In other words, Thy will, not my will, be done. As I'm offering up these these requests, I know that this is my heart, and I know that You delight to give me the things of my heart, but. I also know that you know best, and if you want to go a different way, then I am going to submit to that gladly mm. and, and trust you in that. Prayer is, I liked what you said, that prayer is dependence. Yeah. I think, I think that is really hitting at it. Like, this is when you demonstrate, like, it's the real demonstration that you don't have any hope or help apart from God That's right. and His grace here. That's right. Yeah, it's an, it's an, it's an act of faith, right? You know, you know uh, it's, it's, it's an act of trust. Um, and it's an act of obedience because we're called to pray, yes. right? Like we're, we're called to pray to God and it's not necessarily about, uh, 
God somehow succumbing to our wills, but our will changing and conforming to his. Yeah. Right. Like Richard Baxter says, uh, got to hear prayer is useful, though God be not changed by it in himself. Yet the real change is made by it on ourselves. Yeah. We are the ones that are being changed. It's an it's an act of sanctification in the life of the believer. So are you saying that oh, oh here we go. Are you saying that we cannot change God's mind when we're praying? See, I know you're setting me up. I'm not setting no, up you, you, are. A you are setting me up because I know what I'm gonna say and I feel like I know what text you're gonna go to. All right. Well, why don't you answer the question with a clear conscience? Can we change God's mind with prayer? No. Correct. I believe we cannot change God's mind. I believe he is sovereign in and of himself. Uh, but I feel like you're going to try to point to passages that seem to indicate the changing of God's mind, where someone prays and then God's, God acts. But I would turn that around and say uh, our, our prayer was something that was foreordained. Yeah that God is sovereign and that as that change happened within us and we learned our dependence upon him, he then responded as that change has occurred. I think that's really good. I think you said it very well. In fact, we're going to do a, an episode on divine impassibility. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get into that one a little bit later. Again, we've got a long, long list of topics. So, Man, I um, thought you were going to set me up. No, I thought, no. I was like, uh, oh, you, like you, you don't look on your face right, when you so ask those kind of questions. That's, that's, my, that's my resting Baptist face. That's what that is. That's RBF. RBF, that's what it look is. Look it up. So, uh, <laughs> do you mean making the face? Don't look it up. Don't look it up. Don't look, you can it look up. up RBF. It means no. resting Baptist face. That doesn't mean that. No, it doesn't. Okay. Don't look Google it up. It. Don't Google um, it. Do not time, Google so it. So, when I was, a, I was a young Christian, and uh, this guy was coming to speak at Willow Creek. Now, I wasn't going to Willow Creek. Willow Creek is a huge mega church in the Chicagoland area. And what are you looking at your phone? What's going on? Don't worry about what it. What are you doing over there? Nothing. I was you just playing on your phone. I, I, you know, I don't feel like you're present. Do you do this when you take your daughter to dance? Yeah, that's what I do. Oh, I'm texting you. Okay. Um, so the, I was, uh, Willow Creek was this, and I didn't go to that church. Uh, I went to a different kind of a church, but, you know, big seeker uh, sensitive or seeker driven church, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyways, there was this guy that was going to preach there. And I think he was going to preach on prayer. He was guest preacher in the midweek. Okay. And this guy would, says, he's up there. What's and his I, name? I went, well, hang on. I oh, went up okay. there. I went up there, and if you can guess, um, I'll give you a cigar, and you might be able to. So, Paul uh, Miller. Okay, let me let me tell the story. Not Paul Miller. If you guess wrong again, you don't get the cigar. So wait till I tell the story. Right, right, okay. Right. So I go to this thing, and this guy, you know, he's talking. He's talking about how you know he teaches this class at seminary, and he says, um, "See, there's a clue." And he goes, "You know, like uh, you know, students ask a lot of questions in seminary. This is where you're supposed to work things out, think things out, and all of that." And, you know, we like to say as teachers that uh, there are no stupid questions, but there are. And he said, uh, I'll give you an example. A student the other day raised his hand and asked me, sir, can we, um, in prayer, can we change God's mind? And he said, that's the stupidest question that I've ever mm-hmm. heard asked. It's a dumb question. Now, listen, this is a big dog dropping a hard word on a Pretty seekery kind of a thing. We say that's a dumb question. Who said that? Uh, the one person I can think of that is that abrupt with people mm-hmm. because you either love him or you hate him. Yeah, Doctor Ed Setzer. No. Oh come on. Oh, I so. but talking- then, okay, okay. That is that he is that kind of a guy. Russ Moore. Oh, Russ I don't would see never Russ Moore. do that's that. Why I don't that's see- a bad guess. Al Mohler. 
Oh God, none of these guys. Those guys are all like very. Like, Hold on. Shh. Uh, you're thinking Tom the, Nettles. You're thinking in the wrong tribe, brother. I'm thinking of the wrong tribe. Yeah, not Baptist. Don't think Baptist. Don't think Baptist. No. What seminary? Think Presbyterian. You wouldn't get it if I told you the seminary. Think Presbyterian. What old Presbyterian guy would say? Now that's the dumbest question. I, I, think like old and awesome, widely published. Everybody knows. R.C. Sproul. R.C. Sproul. R.C. Sproul. I'm trying to go, so, go yeah, through the okay, list so, of Presbyterians in my head. So if you can't change God's mind in prayer, then what's the point? Well, I think that's where we get back to Baxter, right? It's it's it is learning for us to depend upon Him. It's our sanctification. It's it's God's Spirit working in us. Uh, one, I think, to learn the difference between wants and needs, mm-hmm. and ultimately to learn uh, of having our satisfaction mm-hmm. in God alone. Like, little Christian hedonism here. That's good. That's good. Let me add something to that. I'll say, and I would say to play a part in the work of God. Yeah. Because like you said, God has not only ordained the end, but the means and the prayers of the saints are, are part of the means. God, God uh, blesses that. He answers that. Our requests to God, um, our requests that we lift up to God uh, become a part of what he is accomplishing. So, Yes, uh, no, we can't change God's mind, but prayer is good because he does answer, he does respond, mm-hmm. but then we get Maybe back. not in the way we want. No, not always. But in what's best for us, and what ultimately glorifies him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Do you have any, like when you think about passages of Scripture, when you think about um, passages of Scripture that deal with prayer, uh, you know, are, what are those passages that tend to come to mind uh, when you when you think about like when really verses that encourage you mm-hmm. or verses that um, convict you like for me when I think about convicting verses um, I think about you know like pray without ceasing out of yeah, First Thessalonians yeah. five for example um, or like in Philippians four it's both um, it's both encouraging and and convicting yeah because it's you know you don't be anxious uh, for anything. Uh, but you know, in everything, let your by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, right, will guard mm-hmm. your hearts and your minds. Um, what passages of scripture come to mind when you start thinking about uh, prayer? Well, I think of uh, Jesus' words in Matthew six, mm. you know, five through fifteen, that gives us the uh, the Lord's prayer. Yeah, of course. But right so at good. the beginning, there is kind of what that all, that whole thing's convicting. But right at the beginning, really hits me. Uh, and he says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen mm-hmm. by others. Yeah. So I that for me, that that part is is really convicting because even as as ministers, um, that's we pray a lot with people and you kind of feel sometimes, at least I do, like I, I need to have the right words here. You know, I, I need yeah. to make sure I'm, I'm saying the right thing. And and because it's not just, I, you know, it's not I feel this tension of not just praying to God, but it's also ministering to that and trying to console the individual that's that's and there. You're lifting them up exactly. in your prayers. Even uh, I think it was Watson. I can't remember now. I got to look it up. But one of the Puritans said that when we pray, we are preaching to ourselves. 
Yeah, and I mean, if you want to learn about preaching to yourself, oh, there's this great book out there. It's a great pamphlet. Called Gospel Primer by Milton Vincent. Get called that. Note to Self. Yeah. It's put out by Crossway. You can grab it. I think 99 cents on Kindle. It is not 99 cents. And uh, yeah, it is a fantastic read. Okay. But yeah, I, I, so you're right. It's it's that preaching of the gospel to ourselves. And so I, I get this tension of uh, not trying to make like a spectacle of it, not trying to like even in the midst of corporate prayer, actually engaging in the prayer instead of trying to think, what am I going to say? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's almost like in one sense you want to pray like a Puritan, and in another sense you do not want to pray like a Puritan. Like um, guys that try to pray like a Puritan sound like blowhard, like everybody check me For out. For thou art Lord yeah. glorious. Yeah. If you're using vibrato in your prayer, knock it off. Glorious. Don't, don't do that. Okay, uh, it annoys everybody, maybe even our Father in Heaven. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but to pray like a Puritan does mean to pray affectionately, to mm-hmm. pray from the heart, to pray sincerely, and to pray plainly. Here's the irony, Puritan lovers. Um, if you're praying today or preaching today with yeah. the language that Puritans used in their century, you are betraying the very Puritan principle of praying pl- and preaching plainly. Drop that mic. All right, so there you go. Knock it off. Um, Man, I'll tell you, one of the verses that really encourages me is in Romans 8. Yeah. The Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Like, even when I don't know what to utter before God, um, God hears me and he knows my heart. I mean, uh, you know, so many good passages that, that are an encouragement here, now, both directionally passage, and otherwise. Yeah, in that passage, now I'm... Hopefully, I'm not going too far down. You're, you're going into the charismatic. Stuff, yes, I so, am. Oh my gosh! So, what some would say is that passage shows us, mm-hmm. uh, and is a text to affirm mm-hmm. the gift of tongues as an angelic heavenly language. Right. Uh, these groanings that mm-hmm. the Spirit Himself will will be. Give, giving us the utterances. I think that's the word that, that is used. Okay. What say you? Well, uh, the problem, I guess the problem with that is that it's it's pure eisegesis. It is not taking... What is eisegesis? Okay, it's reading the meaning into a passage instead of bringing out the meaning of a passage. The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Who is making... This it is the spirit who intercedes with us. It's the spirit who intercedes for us, um, and it is it is not it is not us. It is let me put it this way. If you want to take the route that like okay, the spirit is producing in me the this the in other words, groaning too deep for words means uh, a heavenly prayer language. Um, why couldn't I just say groaning too deep for words? It's just growling. It's more like death metal growling. Why is one better than the other? Where, where in this context does does it even imply that we're talking about some heavenly language? Mm. It doesn't. Can you give me a growl? No, I'm not going to do it. Come on, give me the growl. You've it. done it on other music tracks. You could do it on uh, this I'm one. I'm not doing that here. So no, we let's let's get off that. Let's get off the. No, that's not me. Okay, Is that how you do it? All right. So no, um, no, come on. Let's, let's do. <laughs> dummy. I know. I'm, I'm so dumb. <laughs> Um, why is prayer important? Like, wh- I mean, I guess you've already answered that, but just summarize it for everybody here. Why is prayer important? What are they missing out on if they aren't praying? Uh, I, like I said, I think it's sanctification. I think it's learning dependence and trust on God. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's learning to trust. 
Um, and it's it's that conforming of our will to God's. Mm-hmm. We are we are learning to uh, depend upon Him and to see His His mission, His goal, His desires, His His plans uh, fulfilled. And is it fair to say that you are more likely to see God at work in your life if you're praying? Or is it unfair to say that? Hmm. I think that is fair to say. I I think that is fair to say uh, because I think you had mentioned earlier, and I agree with it, uh, because it's an an act of obedience, and it's an act of of, uh, following the will of God, and it brings us to participate. It's an act of participation in the work of God. Because he might be yeah. using you in the midst of whatever situation that might be. If you want to be useful to the Lord, then pray. Yeah. I mean, really, that God answers prayer. But also, I would say this. You are more likely to see God, and emphasis on the word see, italicized. You are more likely to see God at work in your life if you're praying, because now you are dialed in. Yeah, You're tuned like in. You're saying, God, I need you to do this. And when he then provides you with what you need, it doesn't just pass by like, oh, I'm glad I got this. It's, wow, God answered my prayer. He has provided. Yeah, it's really good. Hey, Jimmy. Yep, yep. Um, what are, uh, name a book that you love about prayer. Like, just name, like, a really good one. Um, I would one, say. Just name, just name one. Fine, just only one. Only one. Just pick one. Just one. I'm going to go A Praying Life by Paul Miller. Yeah. That's yeah. the one. You know what's good about that book? Uh, it's written by Paul Miller and it's fantastic. It's beautifully written. I think it really cuts down to, uh, the heart of prayer and, uh, like just, it's just really simple to understand, um, what God is calling us to and to get through the barriers and the distractions. Most books on prayer are not very good. This one is amazing. And you know what else is good about it? What's that? It's on audible.com. Bada bam! <laughs> For the listeners of Doctrine and Devotion, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial if you check out their service. So go to audibletrial.com slash doctrine. Sign up for a free account. You get it free for 30 days. After that, you're going to pay a monthly fee, but you get to download all the audiobooks that you want and listen to them. If you sign up for the free 30-day trial, you get a free book of your choice. We're yep. recommending A Praying Life by Paul Praying Man Miller. And is if, that his nickname, Praying Man Miller? Yeah, when he's in the ring in the octagon, they go, Paul Praying Man Miller! Yeah, exactly. Um, you get that book for free. You can cancel. If you cancel your subscription, that's okay. Audible is so cool. They're mm. so down. They'll just let you keep it. They're like, that's yeah, that's it. cool. You can have it. So go to audibletrial.com slash doctrine for your free audio book. So uh, besides reading that book, if somebody, you know, well, let's, let's talk about this. Why do people struggle with prayer? We've already mentioned that it is, uh, it feels one-sided. Yeah. You don't hear God speaking to you as much yeah. as people want to say, the Lord told me that, not in an audible voice probably. Mm-hmm. Um, why else do people struggle with prayer? Laziness. Right. I think just pure laziness. You're going to carve out time to sit there and bow your head and close your eyes and pray? Yeah, and, and people would say, you know, oh, I got so much going on, yet you're able to sit back and watch your sports team. Yep. You're able to watch your Netflix. Yep. You're able to and chill to just relax and have Netflix your and kind of down your downtime. You get my joke. I was the Netflix no, I got the show. joke, okay, but I'm I'm moving past okay, the joke because um, that takes time. That takes time. Um, and 
you're able to do all these other things that you want to do. Gym. Yeah, you can go to the gym. You could do all these things that you want to do. Um, but to take 5, 10, 15, whatever it might be, yeah. just a few moments of prayer, Some for some people, uh, it's they just don't want to do it. Yeah, it, it, they, they don't see the value. We don't see the value. Um, we are too busy. And then we say things like, ah, I'll just get to it. I'll just pray during the day and throughout yeah. the day. And guess what? Like praying spontaneous prayers throughout the day, throughout the day, that is awesome. Yeah, that is great. We, you, you should be doing that. But you should also set aside time every day to pray, just to pray, just to get quiet. Yeah. And like Jimmy said, it doesn't matter what. Stop worrying about how long it is. The people exactly. who worry about how long it is are the people that get wrapped up in either pride or uh, depression over their prayer life. Yeah. Instead, focus on the fact that you are just going to meet with God and pour out your heart to Him, and don't worry about that if it's if it's two minutes. That's two minutes you prayed to the Lord and talked to him that yeah. you wouldn't have spent otherwise. So, yeah, it's, uh, I, think, I think laziness is a part. I think ignorance is a part. People, like not, just not knowing how to pray or yeah, what they, prayer is. They've never been taught. We never haven't been, been yeah, they haven't been modeled for them. Even the disciples are like, hey, Jesus, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. That's it. it if the disciples who were with Jesus didn't know how to pray, you, you definitely don't know how to pray, people. Exactly. But, and I think that should also be then a word to leaders. That if you're not showing your people and modeling for them how to pray, you know, I think that there's an I, th- I feel like there's a, an arrogance there yeah. because Jesus himself did it. Yeah. Our savior, the son of God, spent pray time showing all the time, showing his people, his disciples how to pray. Yeah. absolutely. And if we're not doing that, that that that's a reflection of our heart. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um so yeah, I think I think there are probably a lot of reasons why people don't pray, and those are myriad. We we're, we would never uncover all of those. So why don't we just start to talk a little bit about? Well, here, hold on. I yeah. want to talk about one more. You alluded to it, discouragement. Oh yeah, and I think that's important because I'm sure there's lots of people that are like me that you pray for something for so long and don't see the result, mm-hmm. or you you don't feel like you see. You know, to you and I, we don't see it, uh, and so we we begin to think there's no point. And I think for that, you know, uh, we need to understand that it's not about our will. Yeah. It's not about our timing. It's not about us in that, but that God is teaching us something through that and that God is working out his will in whatever fashion and timeline that God chooses to. Right. And so we need to learn to be patient. We need to learn to trust and we, we need to learn to depend on God's perfect plan. Absolutely. And even, even though you're supposed to pray without ceasing mm-hmm. and you, you don't give up on praying, that doesn't mean that you don't come to a point where you stop praying about a particular item. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're giving up because you're discouraged, that's bad. That's the wrong reason to stop praying. But if you're giving up because you are ready to accept what God has given and you're just like, well, I'm, I think this is where God has it. For example... Paul was afflicted. He had that thorn in the flesh, right? He was, yeah, I got a thorn in the flesh, yeah, too. Yeah, I know. That's so, I hear that all the time. So um, <laughs> he, he, he was afflicted. We think it was a physical illness. Yeah. Some people think it was eyes. It doesn't matter. He was afflicted. You say eyes? I've heard that one, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, it was probably the uh, elder candidate, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> so he, he was, um, he was and he, what does it say? I prayed three times. Yep. 
Now, I don't think that means that he threw up three prayers over the course of three days. I think it means that there were three periods of time in which he was praying to God to take this away, and God didn't. And he came to the place where he knew, like, God's not going to take this away. Yeah. And it was okay for him to not pray about that, perhaps. That's right. Or, or when God tells Jeremiah, stop praying for these people. We're done. We're done. But in my, like, I can think of a case where, and Jesus gives us these examples, pray without, like, we're told to pray without ceasing. Uh, Jesus gives the example of the woman that prays and doesn't stop persisting. And uh, like for my dad, I, you know, my, I was raised in a non-Christian home, no church, no Jesus, none of that. And so when I was converted in 2000, um, I prayed all the time, almost every day that God would convert my parents. Mm. And uh, it took 19 years wow. before my dad repented and believed. And then I got him baptized. So years. praying for him for 19 years. And guess what happened? When he finally believed, you know what I said? Praise God. I did it. Oh, what? Did <laughs> no, you really? No, of course I was not. Say, oh my goodness, Joe! <laughs> After 19 years of praying, you say God answers prayer. Yeah, only God, and I got to play a part uh, in in God's work there because he he uh, graciously like allowed me to pray, used my prayer. He was he was responsive to that, um, and even though I couldn't change God's mind, it was it was a beautiful thing. So yes, praise God for. Um, for answering prayer. So what are some ways that we can get ourselves back into the discipline and grace of praying? If we're struggling, if we're discouraged, um, what are some, what are some tricks? What are some tools? What are some methods or rhythms that, uh, that people should be doing? I mean, I think first, I mean, this is me. I, I am a scheduler. If it's not on my calendar, Mm -hmm. I forget it. I, you know, Joe and I, we talked about this, uh, I always make fun of Joe because I I think Joe looks at his calendar way too late into the week, and his system uh, stinks. My system is somebody calls me and they say, where are you? Your system is terrible. And I go, where where am I supposed to be? Your system is so bad. And then they're like, you're you're supposed to meet us here. I'm like, oh. All right. So for me, you know, I I am a guy that uh, Sunday nights I am looking at my calendar. So boring. to, To see what am I doing this week? You know, what are my meetings? You know, uh, what what tasks do I really need to make sure get done? What deadlines are happening? Um, and so I look at at my week to see what's going on. And I also do that every every morning is I look then at the day itself to see, you know, what's supposed going on today and then what's tomorrow. Um, so in my calendar as well, I have to I schedule devotions. Good. And so I, I say, OK, I am doing my devotions at this time um, and. I know during my devotions, that's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be praying at the end of that. So I have to schedule myself. And that's just because I get so wrapped up in my day to day that it's easy for me to just say, I ain't got time for that or I'll get to it later and then never get to it. So for me, I have to, I have to schedule it. The other way has been, um, a couple guys and I, um, meet on Thursday mornings for our discipleship group and uh, we pray three times a day through uh, a section or a passage um, of the Valley of Vision for that day or for like what what's the what's the like how many days a week or whatever what are you talking well we do it five days a week so we do it Monday through Friday and uh, so we have like I've got a calendar invite and so we all three of us are on that calendar and we get reminders at nine o'clock, twelve o'clock, and three o'clock. It's a brilliant idea. We got it from you, Joe. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, um, and so at, you know, we each get a, long, you know, a thing, and we know 
based on uh, the cheat sheet that you that's available on your blog, uh, that this is we're going through this prayer number at this time on this day. Uh, and so it's just a reminder to do that. You know, I don't always get to it. Um, it's because sometimes I, I, I see it. I'm in the middle of a meeting and I just forget. Uh, other times, you know, I'll see it. I'll finish up a meeting and then I'll so I won't do it at nine. I'll do it at 1030 or yeah, something yeah. like that. You know, um, it's not like God's keeping score. No, it's a tool to help you. Exactly. Get into the habit of frequent prayer. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, I have to schedule things because I am naturally not a prayer. I that's just and if I, it's you so find hard for me because I find this. Do you find that if you if you have a time of prayer that is scheduled or devotional time that you are more likely to pray throughout the day? Do you find that like, wow, starting with prayer or, or scheduling this actually triggers more a good trigger? Yeah, it's a good it's, yeah, it's a good trigger uh, because when something comes up, then just I, I, I say naturally, but it's not really natural. It's something that has been trained mm-hmm. uh, throughout this process uh, to stop and just do a quick prayer. And I'll, I'll probably expand on it later when I go right. back to. You know, at three o'clock when I'm doing more of a uh, an extended time of reading and prayer. Well, you mentioned the Valley of Vision. Yep, Valley of Vision prayer. That's I think that's um, that's one of the I, I think that is the single best aid to give to somebody to help them learn what prayer is. Um, I, I think it's great to pray through them to learn from it. Uh, it's encouraging, it's convicting, so we'll link that in the show notes. And I think scheduling, like you said, is important and good, uh, whether it's just a, a habit that you've gotten into the, uh, it's something that you've gotten into the habit of doing or whether you put it on your calendar with reminders and all of that. Um, definitely good. People can write out their prayers. That's that's oftentimes a help if they actually take the time to say, like, oh, Yeah, I'm journaling. Gonna, I've, been yeah. Tr- I've been trying to actually do that now uh, in my own personal life because I felt like, I think I've shared with you, you know, or I've shared with my DG and my CG, um, kind of felt like I've been not systematic, but just like, like a, like robotic Mm -hmm. in my, in my prayer life. And so trying to change things up because I I know that's something you do often is actually write out your prayers. Uh, I've been trying to do that. It slows you down you know, to think very carefully about the words that you're using. Um, one of the things that my wife and I used to do, uh, and we're going to bring our wives on. We got actually a, a number of requests to bring our wives on. Uh, so we'll do that at some point. But um, one of the things that Jen and I did for years was we have this book. It's this little black book that has uh, uh, prayer requests. And we keep this little black book in a, in a little wooden box that's like 150 years old that we got as a gift. So it's pretty cool. But we would open that up and we would write out our prayer requests in black, the things that were important to us. Um, when we were going through uh, troubling times, hard times, good times, needs, we would list them out. And then we would go back and write in red That's good. the answers to those prayers. And so we have this book. It's actually only half a book, but at this point. Um, <laughs> but it's a great, I mean, be creative. I think one of the yeah. things that helps me in, in persevering in prayer is to change up my rituals, routines, and my habits. Yeah. You know, so like, I'll like, oh, well, I used to, you know, so I came up with the Valley of Vision prayer guide because I needed to do something different than I was doing. Uh, and so I do, I'll do that for a season and then I'll change it up and I'll start writing things out and then I'll change it up and uh, on and on it goes. So don't be afraid to Stay try. fresh. Yeah, just do, do something new. Um, and honestly, I think that, you know, when I, uh, when I went through a, like, a time when I need to reboot uh, my prayer life, um, you know, definitely I look at different methods of prayer, right? So there are those, 
red prayers. I'll make the most of red prayers, mm-hmm. um, like the evaluation. Or I will, um, I'll write my prayers out. Um, I'll use the ACTS model, A-C-T-S, where you work through adoration, confession, confession thanksgiving, supplication. supplication. Yep. I think that's a really good thing. Um, and, uh, and I'll try to get really good at the short prayer. Like that prayer that, that needs to come about, you know, you read about it in, uh, in Nehemiah and Ezra and all these places yeah. where like these short, quick, uh, spontaneous prayers that come about in, the, in a time where you, you are able to consciously, immediately interact with God. Yeah. Um, but really, uh, what I find myself is, is I, I, when I'm trying to reboot my prayer life, I realize I'm, I'm praying too little with too little passion and with too little optimism. That's, that's really what, it, like what I see, and that's what I, I find convicting. So I'm not praying enough, so how can I pray more? I'm yeah. not praying with enough passion and enthusiasm. I'm kind of just going through the list of things that I need like, God to do for me, and I'm, I'm barely believing that he's going to do it anyways. Mm. And so recognizing my problems is part of the trick to rebooting it, to go, okay, this is the things that you're doing wrong when you pray or when you don't pray, so what can I do to actually turn this around? Yeah. So, so that's helpful for me. Yeah. So, Joe, what are some ways churches can engage in prayer together? Uh, that's a hard one. Yeah, that's big. Um, obviously, every church, I'm saying obviously way too much, man. I say obviously, you are. All the time. I'm trying to stop. I said it today at the meeting with uh, With an individual, yep. All right. So um, let me say this. We all need to be praying, and churches are called to pray. So uh, when I think about how churches can engage in prayer more fruitfully and effectively, number one, in the corporate gathering, there should be prayer. Uh, And not just a prayer for the offering. There should be prayer at different points in the service. Uh, And you can have it led prayer uh, from the front. You can have time of silent prayer. You can offer opportunity for others to pray. However you want to do it, make sure prayer is a real part, a substantive part of corporate worship. Um, obviously, oh, I say did it again. You did it again. Another option is to offer a midweek prayer service. That was very popular back in the day. It's really mm-hmm. fallen out of favor today, but many churches are trying to recover that. Uh, we don't do a midweek prayer service, but we do make prayer in um, all of our community groups an essential component. And so we don't have a midweek service. But, but we, what, about the, well, yeah, what about the corporate gathering outside of the Sunday morning for prayer? I'm not sure what you're saying. Well, I know, like, while we don't have a midweek prayer service, we did have, like, a quarterly prayer service. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. Is So that's the same thing. I mean, midweek, whatever, quarterly. Well, I, I guess I think midweek is every week. Yeah. Like, every week. There's you can pr- schedule times of prayer, whether that's weekly or quarterly, and, mm-hmm. and, and if those are effective for your people, then great. Uh, we tried for some time with a quarterly prayer service. And uh, it was the kind of thing where everybody was really like, hey, yeah, let's have a quarterly prayer service, but then, then nobody would show up. <laughs> uh, we did it once, and it was like, let's do this every week, and then it was like it just got less and less. So um, for us, it didn't prove to be a fruitful way for us to approach it. The Bible doesn't command us to have you know, yeah. quarterly prayer, or, yeah. or midweek prayer, but they, it, we are called to pray as the church. So we make sure that that is happening every week in all of our community groups all across the various cities that we are a part of. So I think you know, in our CGs— community groups, in our corporate worship, um, and then in any special season, in any, on any special occasion, in any great needs or uh, problems, trials, I mean, the church should be ready to stop everything and engage in prayer. And that's something that we can do better in here at Redeemer, is recognizing this is a time when we need to pray. Everybody, show up. we get, we gotta, we got to really deal with this before yeah. the Lord. All right. Are you on your phone again? No. I think you're on your phone. I'm not. All right, so... Um, a little bit. 
All right. So, uh, Paul Miller, yep. one of your favorite books. Uh, any other any other books on prayer that you really like? Um, I know I've said this one before, and it's not necessarily about prayer itself. So that's, but uh, communion with God. Yeah. By John Owen. Yeah. So good. Um, you know, I, I think prayer from that becomes a byproduct of what he's what he's talking about. Uh, and it, it's really kind of even affirming that there's an ebb and flow. So you, sometimes I feel like a failure, right? Like I feel like a failure if I'm not praying without ceasing, if I'm not praying every moment of every day um, or when my, my faith is lacking, you know? Uh, so it's, it's, it was, it's an encouragement for me to be pressing in yeah. uh, and to be seeking that deep communion with God. How about you? That's good. Uh, I will say the books that have had the biggest impact on me regarding prayer, uh, there's just a few. Um, one is sa- the Sacred Dissertations on the Lord's Prayer by Herman Witsius. This is not for everybody. It's a big book. Mm-hmm. The language is a bit archaic, but uh, very, very, one of my favorite books. Sacred Dissertations on the Lord's Prayer by Witsius, great. Um, the Bible and the Closet by Thomas Watson and Samuel Lee. Um, it, is, uh, it is fantastic. And again, there's just one section in that part on the closet, right, the prayer closet, yeah. that changed the way I pray. Like, it was a huge shift. Um, and we can talk about that some other time. Say, yeah, you know, man, yeah. Send me that one. I want to read it. It's, it's really good. Um, Paul Miller is uh, a modern one that I think is very good. We already mentioned that. And then most recently... Uh, Dr. Don Whitney came out with a book called Praying the Bible. Very small book, but it is essential reading for Christians, especially new Christians, who need, if you want to learn how to pray fruitfully and to pray scripturally, pick up that book. It's really, really good. Jimmy, do we got time for mailbag or are we, let's um, see, what do we got? Uh, we got time for, how many, how long have we been going? Yeah, you got time for one. We got one. All right, you got should, time for one. Why do, don't you just read that one? Just the one that's a, okay. Yeah, just go ahead and I'll let you So we get, a, we get a lot of these, and we don't read them on air because it's weird. We don't want to feel like, hey, everybody, listen to this awesome testimony that we got from somebody else about our awesome podcast. But, um, but we finally said, like, why don't we, why don't we just honor uh, everybody that's write, written in like this yeah. and, and read one of them. So this guy wrote, writes in. I'll keep his name off of this. Um, and he was just saying what God has been doing in his life. It says, Joe and Jimmy. I wanted to take a minute to let you know doctrine and devotion has been instrumental in changing my life forever. This past weekend, I accepted Jesus as my Savior, and the work you are doing was inspirational in me finding this path. Just about two weeks back, I randomly—okay, I thought it was random at the time—chose your podcast to start listening to while on my long commutes to work. I have listened to the Christians speak in the past. Uh, My wife and mother and aunt are Christians— but this is the first time I actually heard the word. It started with all the bad things. And halfway through the podcast, you had me hooked. I couldn't get enough. I felt like for the first time I was hearing the word and it was speaking to me. Well, I started sharing what I was doing with my wife, albeit a little surprised, she was excited and we started listening in the car together. We have almost finished every episode and cannot get enough. Uh, through some of your other topics, I understand the importance of finding a local church, so we are now in a quest to find a Southern Baptist church in our area, more difficult than I thought it would be. <laughs> she has been burned by a church in her past, so is a bit leery, but agrees that this is important. On a side note, she actually Googled homes on the interweb. <laughs> see, he listens. <laughs> interweb! <laughs> in St. Charles to see if we could move into Denver Redeemer. Yeah, there we you live go. live in California. And I think the commute on Sundays would be a little too far. 
I pray for you and the work that you continue to do will reach out, uh, reach others as it has reached me. And first of all, brother, uh, that is so encouraging to hear that God is at work in your life and that he has used a few of the things that we have said to have uh, an encouraging impact on you. Um, So thank you for taking the time to share that with us. Mm -hmm. That means a lot. And let me just encourage you, find a good local church. It doesn't have to be Southern Baptist. There are some bad Southern Baptist churches, and there are some great Southern Baptist churches. Make sure that you find a church that is preaching the gospel every week and where the community loves one another and walks in faith and love together. And, and if you can find a Reformed Baptist one that does that, then that's perfect. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, man, thanks for writing. It's uh, incredibly humbling and, and uh, exciting, right? Because like, Joe and I, we're, we say dumb things a lot. You know, that's just it. Like, we, yeah. we play around. We take God seriously. We don't take ourselves seriously. And, you know, uh, we had hoped that this podcast would be an encouragement to some. Because it's because when we talk like this, it's an encouragement to us. That's like it. We're built up. Exactly. And so like maybe this could help others. Exactly. And so just to for a silly and dumb podcast, uh to to ha that God would use this to impact others is in, is incredibly gracious of God. Yeah. And incredibly humbling to us. Yeah. And yeah. So thank you guys for all those that have written in. Uh your words of encouragement. Trust me, we Joe and I will will talk about it. We're just we're amazed by it. We praise God for it, uh, and we thank God that He would allow us to do this. And and I'm not joking here. Um, I'm I'm, it's a, I'm saying this with a smile, but I am serious. Part of this, part of I think part of what makes this podcast work at whatever level it's working, is the fact that it sounds so freaking good. Yeah, yeah, it does. J. Bond Media. Justin Bond. Justin Bond makes us sound yes, good. Yes, Listen, we're not smarter than every other podcast. No. Uh, we aren't better people than other podcasters. Wait, I thought we were. No, we're not better people, but our podcast is better. Bam. It sounds better. Yes, it, at does. Least it does. At least, at least, it, sounds at least it sounds better. better. I, can, I can say that. Man, uh, so thanks to Justin Bond. J. Bond Media, if you have photo, video, audio needs, mm-hmm. that's the guy to hire. That's the company to go with because they kill it. We love Justin and his family, and we're praying that uh, God uh, makes them move up here to be closer to us. So you guys need to be listening to Jesus and come here. Uh, yeah, what you could do is you could leave us a review at iTunes um, or any other podcast feeder uh, leave your honest five star review we love reading those seeing your critiques and your suggestions follow us on twitter and instagram at doc and devo or facebook slash doctrine and devotion you can head on over to our website uh, and click on the contact us page fill out the form leave us a comment with your ideas critiques suggestions uh, we do read those we pray for you um, and we thank God for uh, that you would even take the time yeah. to to write to us and tell a friend. Yeah. You know, if this is an encouragement to you, please share it with others, uh, and we appreciate that. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, have a good weekend. Later. Oh.